Welcome to the Lead in Davis podcast. Put a lid on it. I'm your host, Dan Linford, and my guests today are Pat Lemus. Hi, Pat. Hi. And Sean Feller. Hello. Okay. So let's jump right into this. And um, I'd, like, I'd like to ask you guys some questions. And the idea behind these questions is we'd really like to get to know you as a person and ultimately stare into your soul. Okay. So are you ready? Okay. First question. If you could only choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pat? I really like the song. Um, well, I got to think about this. One. Okay, <laughs> the one it's the rest about, of your life. I don't know that I can say. Oh, <laughs> no, it's your not that song? bad. Okay. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, I probably shouldn't say that one. Um, this is will be edited, <laughs> of course. Yeah, whatever okay. you need. Yeah, Sean, do you have a song? <laughs> yeah, my song would be "Daydream" by The Love and Spoonful. Oh, takes me back to high school. Listened to a lot of oldies in high school, so. Nice. Daydream. How does that kind of go? What a day for a daydream. Oh, yeah. What a day for a daydream. Okay. Okay. I got one. Okay. Yeah. This Girl is on Fire by Mm. Alicia Keys. Oh, yeah. It's my song I listen to on the way to work and to interviews. And um, yeah, just gets me hyped up. That's like this question needs to be like, what's your WWE? wrestling intro you know right i probably wouldn't do daydream <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get beat up you're about to go yeah. get beat up on the map okay uh, next question if you could have dinner with anyone from any time in history who is not a relative or a religious figure who would it be sean uh, there are a lot that i would choose from but probably I mean, it, it's recently this person's still alive, but for Barack Obama, just to kind of see how his experience has been, kind of his opinion on what's happened since he's been president, and kind of his thoughts now. Yeah. He's also fun, right? Yeah. He'd be a fun yep. guy to just hang out with. Yeah, Have you seen his, there. like, between two ferns? <laughs> he's so funny. He's so good off the cuff. Okay. Pat. Oh, I'd say Michelle Obama. Okay, well, this will be easy. Yeah. We can probably we can pull this off. Yeah. <laughs> <You too. laughs> no, I just think she's fantastic and love her books yeah. and what she has to say. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I'm always interested to say, like, you know, because, you know, presidents never really write their own book. But, you know, you know, President Obama did. You know, you, you, you know his voice you is pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, okay. Pat, hamburgers or pizza? Pizza. Pizza. You're both wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sean, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? I'd probably tell myself to get to know yourself a lot sooner. Um, went through a lot of things as a tween and as a teenager, and it took me uh, through my master's program, kind of working through some of that, so I think Understanding who I am a lot sooner would have been more beneficial for me. Hey, Pat, slightly different question. I want you to go back to your 12-year-old self. What advice would you give to your 12-year-old self? Go to class when you're in high school. (laughs) Um, Don't skip school. Um, And it gets better. Like, just be patient, and it's going to be okay. Not not everything is bad for, for long. 
Awesome. Yeah. It's probably great advice for, yeah. for any kid, right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. If you weren't an educator, what would you be, Pat? Oh, I'd probably be like a home organizer or something like that. Really? Just organize people's closets and their houses and maybe their lives too. So I like organizing. Is your house pretty like, do you have a lot? Do you go to the container store a lot? I, uh, a, I do. I, or some kind of container. Yeah. I, there's a place for everything and it just puts me at peace. So I just work better that way use some of that in my life. I could use more <laughs> containers. <laughs> Sean. Um, I did study graphic design. That's what I started out as, but probably now if I had to choose, I'd be an inventor, some sort of engineer. Do you have any inventions that you're willing to risk putting out over the air? Um, technically in fourth grade, I invented Heelys. I didn't get a patent, so <laughs> I'm not rich, but I did carve out the bottom of my shoe and put a rollerblade wheel into my shoe as a child. I invented the laptop. Oh, did you? Yes. I have like 80 notebooks from my elementary years where I colored a screen on the backside of the cover and put a keyboard on the paper, the first page. Like I always imagined that I'd have a little computer before they had really computers, you know. So for whatever reason, I've received no credit for <laughs> inventing the laptop. Okay. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, Sean. Your house is on fire. Everyone is safe. And you have the opportunity to save one item. What would it be? We have a small safe in our closet that has hard drives with all of our pictures and memories. I'd, I'd grab that. So a safe. Can you carry this it's, safe? Yeah, it's a small okay, safe. that's good. Pat? Um you know, I'm a jewelry person, so I'd probably go for my jewelry box. I'm being jewelry. totally vain. The pictures can <laughs> yeah. burn. <laughs> like we, it's on Google Photos somewhere. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good. Give me my. Yeah, how how different is that now? <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, our parents would probably do similar things, um, but, you know, with pictures being available digitally, you know, and you can never duplicate that old, you know, wedding photo or whatever. It's kind of changed. Um, how we value what we what we run into the flames for. I guess I'm just cheap and don't pay for the extra storage on the cloud. So <laughs> yeah, I yeah, some <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, Pat, if you could travel back in time to one day in your life, would you go back to relive a great day or to fix a bad day? Um, I think I would go back to fix a bad day because. Sometimes we do or say things and, you know, can't take it back. But if I could go back and fix something, I would definitely go back and fix, you know, some things I've said or, or done and felt bad about and regretted. Sean? Probably go back to relive a good day. I've heard this question and thought about it a lot as I've, as, as I've listened to the podcast and, uh, those those hard days, even if I had the opportunity to change it, I think because of everything I've learned, and again, thinking about who I am now because of those bad days, I don't. it's an interesting question to, to think about. I've, I've thought about it a lot, obviously, because I've, I've asked it a few times. And I think, 
you know, if it's, if it, if, if it's to go back and, and relive a tough experience or something that helped me grow or, you know, losing it, somebody I love or something like that. Um, I, I don't know that I'd try to change it. Um, but when, when I think about really, you know, kind of yearning to go back and improve something, it's almost always what you said, Pat, it's almost always, man, I, I said something really mean, you know, I said something that's just not me or I said something that, that hurt somebody or even, you know, I can, I remember this moment with my mother where I kind of corrected her as a little kid. She was talking to her friends. I said, no, that's not what happened. And it just made her feel kind of dumb, you know, in front of her friends. And, um, cause she was telling a story about me and I kind of corrected her and, and like, I don't know why. Cause I was at that right age where I just saw the look on my mother's face that was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. How did it go? And, um, and then there are a hundred that are a thousand degrees worse than that. But that's kind of my first earliest memory of something. I wish I could go back and change that and just not make my mom feel dumb in front of her friends. And then there's all the mean things I said to this kid or that kid or put someone on the spot or, or, or I could have gone back and been just kinder. I could have stepped in or whatever, those kinds of things. But then mostly reliving it. Do you guys have the days in your head that you, that you'd relive? Not one in particular. No, not one in particular, but I just was thinking, I, I had the thought, oh, I have a few, you know, and I think that's a really big uh, blessing and privilege that, you know, to think of several days that I wouldn't mind going back to relive. So feel lucky. Okay. Let's talk about some of the work we're doing in Lead in Davis. Um, you know, one of the reasons that we we do lead in Davis. It was born out of this idea that you know we have uh, an obligation to to, to train and to um, give our administrators experiences and places to think about things that we don't give them time to do during the day because you're drinking from the fire hose all the time, right? There's always the next thing. But part of that is having you do a project and and working on that project and you know the challenge with the project is it's got to be meaningful to you, but it's also you know kind of has to be connected to the work you're doing or it's just one more thing we're adding to your plate and so with that balance in a nutshell tell us tell us about your project in a, in a sentence or two pat uh i'm revamping local case management um like a lot of teams we get kids on the list that don't come off uh so re revisiting how we're gonna look at lcmt the referrals and bringing in teachers um give us their expertise they're the ones in the classroom so um yeah revamping lcmt to make sure that we're making progress um and working with our principal he wanted me to kind of look at how we could improve our advisory period our maps class so we've done some things this year through professional development and trying to emphasize relationships a little bit more building those relationships making it more about um, the teachers connecting with the students than just checking a box how has uh, the lead in Davis experience, you know, the, the various attributes that we study, um, you know, going back to the beginning, how, how, has, how has that translated to your project? How has that impacted your project? Um, and are you able to take those attributes and, and the, the pieces that we learn within each of those and apply it to your project? What's, how clunky is that? How much of a challenge is that? I, I mean, just like everyone, I think we could all use more time. And it would, I keep thinking, oh, I'd love to do that, but we just don't have time right now. And put it on the list for the summertime to think of how we could fix it for next year. Um, there have been a few times I've ever been able to thinking about duty to develop, um, involving a few more 
people saying, oh, yeah, they have the strength more than I do, um, and allowing them to take that, which can be hard as a leader because you want to be in control and make sure it's done the right way. But um, that's one piece that I've been able to do um, just in the short time we've had since duty to develop. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat with, we all know we all get busy during the day and always something to do and something comes up unexpectedly. Um, So with the duty to develop, um, I've been able to use that, you know, by bringing in other people to help me and they get a chance to grow. We work together and, um, and in turn, we're making a difference for kids and for parents so I think it's been definitely uh, an awesome uh, think, learning experience for me, um, you know, to help others grow and, and know that I don't have to do everything um, and trusting others. So it's really been an eye opener for me. So uh, uh, you think back over, you know, your experiences in Leading Davis, the various activities, the things, you know, places where you learned something, places when you were vulnerable. Um, what, what's something that stands out? What stands out? just off the top of your head today in your experience? I think for me, the experience that stands out is the activity that Casey and Brad had us do where we, you know, go to the different boxes or go to the front and uh, just made me feel like I'm not alone and we're more alike than, than I realized. And um, that there's other people out there that, you know, have similar experiences that I do and, and that I'm like, Oh, Okay. I, I thought I was on my own here, but definitely makes me feel like I'm not alone. Probably the activity that stands out to me. Um, I was going back through my binder, thinking about this podcast and uh, looking at my notes from Dr. Ray's from uh, UVU, talking about our experiences with other people. Uh, something that I've always said is you need to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Uh, but he proposed that we change that. And when we feel that dissonance, um, we have two choices. We can either ignore it um, and not try to understand more, or we can ask more questions, kind of change our understanding a little bit. That, I mean, it really impacted me when he was talking about that, just as um, we approach our relationship with kids or teachers or parents, um, asking a few extra questions just to kind of get to know them a little bit more before forming an opinion. So maybe that, that discomfort that we feel just comes from a place of, I'll say ignorance, that has such a negative connotation, but that idea, I maybe just don't understand it well enough. Think about those. I mean, those are those are two really interesting uh, activities, experiences. Um, think about how they apply to your project. I'm thinking, uh, Sean, obviously, automatically, I'm thinking about one of your focuses is relationship building. And although you probably couldn't uh, apply the activity, you know, the, the, the box activity exactly as it is, probably different questions with high school students, but how powerful would that be to, and how expedited relationship building is with an activity like that, a teacher in a space that's really an advisory, it's not curriculum driven to do a get to know you type activity that gets beyond the tell us, you know, your favorite breakfast cereal or something It really being vulnerable. What do, you, what do you think about that? Would high school kids do that? Is that some? Is that a space where you could could you pull that off? Is that too much? I, I think you'd have to ask the right questions. I, we for sure couldn't do it the same way that it was done in our group, but but I think you could make it work. That's a it's a good idea. Yeah, I think 
it's the it's the being willing it's different when you're in a class as adults and you're whether you want to be vulnerable or not you there's the there's the pressure in an activity to be vulnerable um, with a student that uh, they protect that vulnerability so much that's almost half of what they try to accomplish every day right okay if you could change one thing about public education what would it be I think going back to the what Dr. Ray is was saying about understanding. Um, if parents could understand what teachers are going through and what they have to deal with day to day, if administrators could understand what teachers and parents and students are going through, if if teachers could understand what students are going through, just kind of understanding more. And I guess that kind of goes back to being vulnerable, building that relationship. Um, but more understanding is, is the one thing I would change. Hmm. Pat? I think I'd change uh, the image that some people have of public education. I mean, if I could snap my fingers and just, you know, make it to where everyone can see how hard everyone works, um, how hard it is to be in the classroom. And, um, you know, for them to understand, like, they're, these are good people, and they're doing their very best, and they're tired, and they work hard. Um, and it's it's a such a great profession and if I could change that image you know for for parents and students and like this is a great profession to go into still and it you know let's respect our teachers and uh, give them you know the honor that's due have you seen that have you seen that change over time I wonder if you know 50 years ago they were having a similar conversation but does it does it seem like that's a that's a tougher deal today than it was even 10 years ago public perception I would say so <clears throat> I would say so um, the, there's a comic that I've seen that has 50 years ago and it has parents talking to a teacher the teacher's holding up a paper that has an F on it and the parents are turning towards the student and saying why is this like this and then it says nowadays and it has the parents turning to the teacher and saying why is it like this um, so I think a lot of the blame is more on the school and on the teachers and on the administration. Why is my kid not succeeding? Um, I think it's definitely changed even the la in my career in the last 15 years or so. Yeah, I wonder if part of that too is we've changed the way we talk about that, right? We, we uh, and maybe, and I don't know, but maybe 50 years ago, you also had principals that only blame the child for their failure, right? Or you had teachers that only blame the child. And I think as education's transitioned, we probably need parents to stay where they were 50 years ago and hold their children accountable and, and worry about their children's growth versus maybe protecting them from growth. Um, because we have, I think our perspective has more and more. We look at ourselves and say, uh, you know, teachers, we don't, we don't care if you taught it. We only care if they learned it. Right. Like, so we're putting that on our own teachers and on our own staff that, we we have to do more. We have an obligation to make sure they learn. But maybe parents have come along with us as well, and so <laughs> we're blaming ourselves, and they're blaming us, and um, maybe that's shifted. Other things? I think if we can find a way to work together, you know, parent, student, educator, I mean, that's going to be give us the best results um, working as a team, you know, for some good results for kids. Yep, we always say, you know, and it's 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 written into our our 
um, our vision that this idea and, and it, even at the state level, we see it in code, like the most important teacher in a child's life is their parent. That's their first teacher. And, um, yeah, nothing, nothing we do can even touch that. I mean, both, both in the sense that they teach them how to live life and how to approach life, but, but also, you know, more math is taught around dinner tables <laughs> in America than in a, in a math class. Um, okay. Final question. What will you do tomorrow? What can you do starting tomorrow to change those things about public education? Well, I can, it starts with me. You know, I, I only have control over myself. And uh, a lot of times I'm the only educator people know. So if I'm portraying, you know, a negative um, picture of it, then that's what they're going to get. So, you know, continue to be mindful of what I'm saying and, you know, how I'm delivering that message um, and encouraging other people when I hear them talking about education. Like, I, you know, if a parent comes in, they're having a bad experience. Hey, I'm sorry this is happening. Let's fix it together and let's see what we can do. Um, so, yeah, I think it starts with me. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. I think specifically, going along with what Pat said, I can look for one relationship to improve or to strengthen tomorrow. If I'm doing that every day, then it's going to make for understanding. It's going to make for perception to improve. It's um, So just finding a teacher or a parent or a student and making a conscious effort to improve that relationship. Yep, little things in a busy, busy life as an educator and, and maybe even more busy as an administrator in the world of public education. Um, hopefully, you know, those things come with some joy that as you, as you work towards those things, it doesn't feel like one more thing, but sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with the day-to-day tasks, everything feels like one more, one more thing. So appreciate your comments guys. That, that is a wrap for our lead in Davis podcast. Uh, I believe you two have done an excellent job of putting a lid on it and, um, really sharing uh, some really important things that we can learn and do uh, to improve uh, our profession and, and hopefully the lives of young people. So thanks for being with us, Pat. Thanks for having me. Sean. Thank you.